In a remote African jungle, a small monkey is captured. Bound for a pet store in America, the animal carries a deadly virus. Now, I know that some of us have doubts about what we're about to do. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Luck It All podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com, photo, video, digital media production. Today we are discussing the one, the only, the 1995 rated R two hours, seven minute movie, Outbreak, directed by Wolfgang Peterson, uh, written by Lawrence Durrett and Robert Roy Poole. We recognize... Wolfgang Peterson for directing pretty good movies or decent movies such as um, what is he best well known for in, back in the day he's done tons of kind of smaller movies but ones you might recognize are The uh, the Consequence Daz Boot The Never Ending Story en- Enemy Mine Shattered and Line of Fire um, Outbreak 95 Air Force One is where I start to pick up on the things I, I'm aware of in 97. The Perfect Storm in 2000. Um, he directed Troy 2004. Um, and he's also directed Poseidon and Four Against Blank. Last movie, that was his last movie in 2016. Um, so um, the writers of this are kind of interesting. I've never heard of anything that Lawrence Duritz been on, Berlin Blues, uh, producer on In-N-Out, and Outbreak was the last thing that he wrote. Um, so <laughs> that might tell you a little something about this movie. Robert Roy Poole was the other writer in this, and he is responsible for bringing us memorable movies that uh, I actually have kind of fond memories of or... Um, Movies like Armageddon, which is the movie he followed right after Outbreak. Before then, he had wrote the television movie Donatello and Daughter and The Big Town uh, with, uh, what's his face, Matt Dillon. Um, So, Outbreak. There's a reason I wanted to go back and uh, talk about this movie. This movie came out in 1995 when it was uh, at a big scientific major blockbuster crossover time when they wanted to make these big kind of sci-fi action budget uh, budget movies um, this was done on a 50 million dollar budget uh, which is insane to me and it has uh, Dustin Hoffman Rene Rousseau Morgan Freeman Kevin Spacey and Cuba Gooden Jr. as well as Donald, Donald Sutherland and uh, guest appearance by Patrick Dempsey and so it has a pretty stacked cast when it comes down to that. I mean, not all of them were at a lot of, I'd say a chunk of them were at in their prime, uh, such as uh, Dustin Hoffman when this came out. Um, but this movie, uh, it's considered an action drama thriller, and I'd say it's loosely about all of those. I couldn't say I wholeheartedly agree that it's a full action movie or it's sort of got some drama and it's barely a thriller in my opinion. I have heard some um, uh, reviews that have this movie in higher regards. I actually looked back and found uh, an interview with Roger Ebert and he had a pretty good 
he he enjoyed this movie a lot more than I would have thought. Um, but that was a review back in 1995. So. This movie is about army doctors struggling to find a cure from a deadly virus spreading throughout a California town that was brought to America by an African monkey. So, I will say that this movie, or the reason we're covering this movie, is because there is obviously this big, quote-unquote, epidemic of the coronavirus. Now, a lot of people have been pointing out that for the last 20 years if not sooner considering this movie was back in 95 so maybe even earlier than that um that there has been some sort of epidemic of a kind uh every couple years such as the SARS uh the SARS disease which affected southern China the majority um, between 2002 and 2003, this is all Wikipedia, and there was about 8,000 cases resulting in about 774 deaths, and um, I did want to kind of talk just to compare the different viruses real quick, just in proximity to, to death toll versus how people got it. Um, they also... Uh, We've also heard of diseases, uh, or sorry, viruses such as um, the Zika virus. And I will admit, I am not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. I am none of the above. I'm just a random dude on a mic talking uh, about shit I'm finding on the internet and, uh, you know, trying to regurgitate it and re uh, evaluate it. So I know the proper amount of concerned I should be. Because I'm looking on television, I'm seeing on on all over the news and all over the different uh, news outlets, Twitter, Facebook, whatever you use uh, online, you know, that stuff all over the states is being canceled. We're coming to somewhat of an economic halt. So I found this movie, I wanted to go back and watch this movie because I wanted to see how, if this even touched on how the economics, the micro and the macro are affected by this virus. This movie is the exact opposite of it. It tries to be uh, action, science flick, uh, or action, science, sci-fi flick in, in a way, and it just ends up flopping extremely hard. The writing is not that great, but the... The really the amazing actors are what keep you you know in your seat, and of course this is all my opinion. I have seen more positive reviews on this movie, um, so I think the Zika outbreak affected around five thousand people, um, and that was in around. Oh, sorry. Zika was uh, has spread a couple times in two thousand seven, and it was. Also spread in 2013 through 2014. In the majority of the cases, it said up to 30,000 infections, um, but no deaths were reported. And again, that was the World Health Organization. Um, the swine flu was another type of uh, disease that people were kind of going crazy over. It uh, affected, it, it caused. Hold on, let me see. In the United States, it caused up to 12,469 deaths. 
and worldwide uh, it caused almost uh, it did cause 575,000 people um, died from the swine flu um, so in comparison the swine flu is, is pretty damn bad and Ebola was another uh, major disease that has affected people or has caused this level of an epidemic, I, I guess. And I think it said there was only 11 people in the States that were actually affected. And the majority of them um, had traveled to, I think it was West Africa at the time. And I think only one or two died. I don't know. The, 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 the death toll for Ebola is very low. Um, and so, yeah, I did want to kind of do this kind of uh, small comparison of how 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 worried should we be, you know? Uh, I'm seeing schools on the West Coast. I'm on the East Coast. The West Coast seems to be uh, governing how much uh, work we should be, you know, should we be working at home? Should we should we be closing our businesses? Should we be closing our schools? Should we, on such a micro level, you know, small things like your kids' uh, trips are being canceled, but on a macro level, you have these major. You have NCAA college tournament basketball, uh, NBA. We have NASCAR, NHL, hockey. We if it was NFL, I would not put it past them to to cancel the. Uh, National Football League, just strictly because all of these other um, major money-making um, uh, sports leagues are canceling or postponing what's going on. I mean, for me personally, this isn't affecting me with the exception of going to the grocery store and seeing people just go absolutely nuts. Everyone's grab. There's no more toilet paper. There's everyone's grabbing uh, milk and bread and meat and, and food and stuff to stock in and take it easy for a couple days. Cause it looks like, you know what? We don't have many businesses that are closing at this point, but the things the entertainment and, uh, you know, concerts and music venues, all of this is getting canceled. So, or postponed to later. It, it does seem like this econo- economic slowdown. Um, it doesn't bode for um, wanting to go to, I don't know, these, uh, Jesus, this guy on CNN looks like he's, <laughs> he's jacked up on something. Jeez, I don't Good lord, I don't know. I I don't even know what to say about this. <laughs> I can't even take it seriously. Sorry, I, I have the the news on in the back, and I'm just kind of watching this one guy. Like he he looks so pissed that the the sports are canceled. Sorry, sorry. So, anyways, back to the outbreak uh, uh, review. I wanted to talk about outbreak. I'm, we've been talking about this for eleven minutes. I'm I'm sorry we haven't gotten to the movie review, but the. Uh, the movie, for me, I think I've already said it, it's two hours, seven minutes, and it is about two hours too long. <laughs> it is the epitome of just really terrible writing delivered by excellent actors in a half-baked 
director at the time. Now, I like the other things, the other movies that this director has brought. I haven't seen Never Ending Story, but I've heard decent things about it. Um, what were the other movies that uh, Wolfgang has produced? Uh, he directed Air Force One. I'm pretty sure that was kind of schlocky but entertaining. Uh, Troy, that was definitely a, uh, an interesting movie visually, and I think the actual was pretty good. I'm sure the budget was, was high as balls for that, too. Um, but The Perfect Storm, also, uh, I think The Perfect Storm was at least a little bit more entertaining than this. I don't actually remember it. Um, but holy shit, The Perfect Storm was on a $140 million budget. Um, and Air Force One, that came in between Outbreak and Air Force One. Sorry, Air Force One came out after Outbreak, which was an $85 million budget. They just kept giving this guy money out the wazoo. And then they gave him Poseidon, which I'm pretty sure a lot of people did not like. I actually did find Poseidon kind of schlocky, bad. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen it. But holy shit, $160 million. These are expensive-ass movies. And for Against the Blank, what a bank, sorry. What what was this? This looks like a low budget movie. I can't even find it. Thirteen euros, thirteen million euros, I think. So, yeah, it was a very low budget. So, Wolfgang Peterson. Hmm. I don't know about you, bud, as a director, but obviously we we've seen uh, Dustin Hoffman, Rene Russo, Morgan Freeman, Kevin Spacey, and all these other things for reasons. Uh, if you know about the news. I don't really want to talk about Kevin Spacey other than just saying that he's in the movie and he's he's there. Um, Morgan Freeman's playing Morgan Freeman, essentially. Renee Rousseau is an actress I'm not terribly too uh, familiar with other than her being in the more recent Nightcrawler. And I believe she's also in uh, a character in The Avengers. But she's been in uh, much more notable uh, movies such as uh, Ransom, Lethal Weapon... The uh, Thomas Crown Affair. I've actually never even heard of these. Um, but she was also in The uh, in the Line of Fire. And, uh, yeah, Renee Russo is... She's an excellent actress, but I didn't think she was given a lot to do in this. Um, yeah, I think she's Thor's mother in, in of, at Marvel. But she's excellent in Nightcrawler as well. Um, and Dustin Hoffman, we, we all know Dustin Hoffman, we've seen him in tons of things, Tootsie, Midnight, um, Cowboy, Rain Man, The Graduate, um, you can go on and on with his uh, filmography, so we don't have to, and we know he's just an excellent actor, and I gotta say, none of these actors are really half-baked, I'd say, if anything, they could have gone for another, um, I don't know, they could have done another take or two, on some of these lines, but the, the the lines they give these actors in this movie are so dry and so boring and exactly what you would expect them to say that it is just surprising that they put this mon much money into it and they, they got this out. It, it's surprising that this even has the same writer as like Armageddon. Now, Armageddon has, is kind of in the same boat, but it has... Uh, Michael Bay, a, a different director, kind of just mostly action-oriented, but he also, the, something about the writing in Armageddon feels so much more natural, and they don't take themselves nearly as seriously as they do in this movie. So, um, let me just talk real quick about the pros and cons of Outbreak. Um, the cast, I've talked about the cast, they're phenomenal. 
and they've the majority of them continue to go to do amazing things. Dustin Hoffman didn't do too much acting, I think, post uh, two thousand, but I the majority of his stuff was. Um, well, he's, he's done a lot, just not stuff that I haven't really watched. He's done a lot of, you know, like Meet the Fockers and Kung Fu Pandas and all these, like, family comedies and, uh, you know, m- movies that just were generally not dramatic heavy. Um, like, he was in, uh, well, Lemony Snicket's a, a series of unfortunate events. Like, what the hell? Um, yeah, I didn't, I, I haven't really seen anything that I've liked him in since 2000. It's actually been a while since I've seen it. I think Sleepers might have been a good movie for him, but I don't actually remember. It's been a long time since I've seen Dustin Hoffman in a movie recently that I've liked. So, um, yeah, the pros talked about the cast. The story, I think the story of a disease coming from another country can be problematic when it comes to racial... when it comes to racial overtones. But I think if... Uh, done correctly, they can kind of do this. Uh, I think there's a way to show a disease coming from another country without it making look like it's, you know, diseases are only coming from other countries and type thing, you know? Um, I think this movie does not do a great job with that. And I probably will go back and check out Contagion just because we're doing this whole, you know, disease pandemic uh, style podcasting research and stuff like that so, you know, might as well just check it out although I did hear uh, I was going to say uh, Contagion is all, from what I heard is, is boring and so maybe it's somewhat like this movie in a way I don't know um, The con- oh the story is amazing in this and also the makeup I think is pretty damn good for this movie so 50 million dollars does give you some pretty good makeup um, the cons the writing I've told I've told you it's horrendous the direction is very it just seems spot on like everything you'd expect to see is is right there there's nothing creative about the cinematography or or direction for me personally um there's like one or two memorable scenes and that's just dustin hoffman kind of trying to deliver these lines in a memorable fashion and there might be another memorable camera shot of them going through the uh laboratories and when they're doing all the testing and stuff so um, let me see. The music is not that great. It's it feels almost TV movie level. It's just generic string, generic orchestra, I guess. Um, titles on this movie are just long and obtrusive. I've never seen titles that just give so much information. It always reminds me of Suicide Squad when they flashed up the 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 titles and credit in the in the you know the title cards for the characters on there. Um. There's just too much information. Overall, the movie is extremely boring for me. I was not pleased with the majority of Outbreak. I just was like, good lord, this has this major pacing problem. And it wasn't ex- it was majorly predictable when, when it came down to it. But they pulled a few things at the very end that were just stupid that really didn't matter if they did or not. So, um, and that never, it, it didn't hinder my enjoyment of the movie it tried to make it more of an action film when clearly it looked like the budget i i don't know 50 million dollars should have bought you some explosions and i feel like the, the the models they used on this did not look good so um 
let's hop into spoilers for Outbreak 1995. If I can get my fucking notes to come up. Jeez. The one time I need my damn notes. Sorry, I'm giving you a few seconds to to check out while I'm uh, getting my notes pulled up. Okay, and we have the notes. Okay, so almost instantly, we're in the spoiler section, almost instantly they uh, reveal Donald Sutherland and Morgan Freeman are behind it, so there's like no mystery about what's going on. The, the overall arching message they try to pull at the very end is the... Uh, the military is trying to use this virus as, uh, you know, a, a mechanical warfare. They're trying to use it as a weapon, and they, they already have a virus, even though... Sorry, they already have an, uh, a cure, even though they don't want to deliver it or something like that. And they also try to hinder this subplot. They, they, uh, they try to latch on this subplot of Rene Russo and um, Dustin Hoffman's characters being in a divorce and having them go through this big quote-unquote life-changing event and them being ready to get back together at the very end be uh, you know because you know their divorce is is in relation to the antibodies that this virus is supposed to create and so they've been through it once so they can they know how to handle it now or something you know they know how to handle the marriage now it's like what <laughs> it's like i thought this movie was going to be about you know outbreak and viruses and all of this scientific you know bullshit that was going on i was like what the fuck like there are some few select good scenes in this movie that show the transmission and how that could possibly happen now the way that it happens is kind of ridiculous now there's contamination fucking everywhere getting this uh monkey to the mainland um patrick dempsey holy hell what the hell happened to this guy he must have like stumbled onto some money after this movie because, or he must have, I think he ends up going on ER or something after this. Well, what was uh, Patrick Dempsey's doing anyway? Anyways, the, uh, his character is the one that brings over the monkey, uh, brings it to that one, uh, pet store. And of course the pet store owner gets scratched and then everyone's infected by that point. Uh, oh my goodness. But we see Patrick Dempsey eating that cookie from, in, on the airplane and, the kid is about to eat the cookie after him or something. It's like, there are select parts about this movie that make you say, damn, I do not want to be in a airport, or I don't want to be in an airplane, or I don't want to be hugging or kissing people, or, you know, there are slight things that are written, written into this story in, in this screenplay, the script, that are relatable to real life. Now, it's not showing the pandemonium and what would happen on a large scale because I don't believe they actually announced to the world that this is happening on a worldwide scale. This is only happening what seems like on a small town in a small contained area. The difference with what's going on with us in the real world is that this is not contained into a one, one town or one section. This is very much... Uh, 
spread already through multiple outlets and multiple states in in the United States. Um, but I was crazy. I, I thought it was crazy that he was going to let that kid eat that cookie on the airport in the airplane. Um, and he looks like shit. It's like, dude, do not eat after anybody that looks like that. Especially <laughs> a random stranger. So this $50 million probably bought them one of these uh, shots that happened throughout the uh, movie, that are these CGI shots that just look kind of not that great, but you know they didn't require too much animation. Uh, they... <laughs> They show the germ shot of this dude like hacking up a cough in the middle of a theater and then other people in the theater uh, like laughing and it's like this one camera shot of all these germs flying all over the place going from one person's mouth and then hailing in another person's mouth. It's fucking gross. Now I'm kind of a germaphobe when it comes to that shit and I was thinking like I can't believe they showed that scene of the germs circulating throughout a movie theater. Like that seems like counterintuitive to what you would want to have in a movie. Uh, it's like implying that I don't know, movie theater popcorn is, you know, picked out of the trash and, and you're eating it or something like that in a movie. It's like, when I'm thinking about a movie, I don't want to be thinking about, like, germs circulating throughout the movie. So I'm, I'm just thinking about the people that were in 1995 and watching this movie, like, holy fuck, I'm in a fucking movie theater with all these random fucks especially some random guy like coughing in the middle of the theater you know that guy was exiled <laughs> oh my goodness so that was actually one good shot I, I will give it that and that's probably what uh you know the people that do really like this movie are thinking like you know what what about this what about that what about this yes there are subtle shots of you know the virus and its effects and how it spreads that are are competent and are well done. I just don't think that there's that many and they're far and few between. And the best scenes in this movie, from my personal point of view, are the ones where they're not even saying anything. They're just showing how this stuff is happening, the spread of the of, of the virus. Um, let's see. The military intro clearly shot on a practical set. I could tell throughout over half of this that they were all, they looked like they were behind the scenes on the WB Studios or something like that. It did not look good. For $50 million, they needed like a color coat or a filter on this movie that didn't make it so bright. I felt like everything looked fake or they just shot it with a regular camera. Even down to the attire, it did not look... Like Kelly said, it looked, all the attire looks like you could buy it at like... Uh, I was going to say Hobby Lobby, but I don't think you buy that at Hobby Lobby. <laughs> um, buy it at, like, Party City or something. Um, just whether it was the military gear or it was the, the suits that they had to wear, um, the hazmat suits, they, did not, they didn't look good. And that's something in 1995, I think, that Roger Ebert, um, and I don't remember the other guy who he's with. I'll, I'll link that Roger Ebert... Uh, um, video in the description so you can watch that. It's only like three or four minutes, but it's good because they, they kind of go off <laughs> on that movie real quick because um, Ebert does like it. The other guy doesn't. I actually don't agree with Ebert. Um, let me see. Okay, so there's this long dramatic shot. I think it's like somewhere in the middle of the movie when they have everybody like in the hospital and everyone's getting sick and they're trying to figure out and Dustin Hoffman has this like slow pan in and then it looks up into the vent it's like 
it's like one of those scenes where they're like, oh yeah, we're going to use these practical, this sweet, sweet practical effects money all on this, uh, this germ spreading scene, because this was another scene that showed everyone coughing and all this other stuff. And it, it goes through all the pipes and it's showing people coughing and it comes back down into to Dustin Hoffman's face again. And he's like, it's airborne. <laughs> and it's like, dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. Like it's, they they should have just done that at the very end because it, they should have just had the straight dun dun dun. Like it's way too dramatic. It's way too obvious. It's like if it's airborne, isn't everyone infected? Like what's going on? I don't, I don't even know at this point. And uh, that's actually one thing about Corona. How we still don't know how it's really transferred, which is kind of the scary thing. Um, which we don't believe it's airborne, and I, I, like I said, I'm not a doctor nor scientist, but uh, you know, people are picking it up somehow, and so just keep your hands clean, damn it. Um, let's see what else we have. There's a random ass chase scene with like this family of like sort of. It is a family, and there's like these rednecks that are also trying to leave this the town, and they're being chased by the the army, and they straight up just get blown to smithereens, like straight up uh, murdered by the army. I don't know. It's some, it, there's some overbearing big brother government shit happening with the military in this movie, and I'm not exactly sure if the change of heart Morgan Freeman has at the very end uh, is... Uh, a good substitute for how bad they treated her everybody. Let's see. Um, excuse me. I'm kind of hungry. Got my stomach growling. All this disease talk got me starving. <laughs> uh, let me see. The editing seems to cut away when they could have said something really important at multiple times in this movie. I noticed that there seems to probably be like this really high tension between two characters. Let's just say it's uh, Morgan Freeman or Donald Sutherland or Dustin Hoffman and Morgan Freeman. When they're about to go, it's like, you know, you're out of order. You're out of order. The whole trial's out of order. It's like, it's not a few good men, but I'm just saying, uh, when they're really getting into the nitty gritty of the conversation, I feel like it would just cut away because they just don't have the the writing chops to to finish out uh, a good argumentative scene that makes sense on both sides. I felt like they couldn't they couldn't write Dustin Hoffman's character to be competent enough to to articulate what he wanted to say, and Morgan Freeman didn't really have a motivation. Nor did Donald Sutherland have a. I didn't think they had a motivation to be as evil as they were. You know, as almost twirling their mustache mustaches um evil let me see i i think about midway through i figured out that this movie is being taken too seriously and that probably cooper gooden jr's character probably should have uh been a a comedy uh actor sorry he should bring some comedic relief or the character that would have been Kevin Spacey's, let's just say it's not Kevin Spacey and put a different character in. That I think those characters need to be the comedic relief in a way so that when we do lose, lose those characters, like 
we give a shit about them. Like they feel so one dimensional in who they are and what they care about. I, I feel like uh, Dustin Hoffman and Rene Russo are given so much time before within their divorce that it's like, all right, I guess there's like five minutes of screen time to devote to the backstories of Cuba Gooden Jr. and Kevin Spacey's character. It's like, geez. Um, it's like, I really don't give a shit about this stupid divorce that clearly they don't want to, you know, be in. And it just seems like one or two arguments and they, they just ended it. I don't know. Um, yeah, I thought the scenes were really bad of them in the helicopter. It just looked like what I heard was this movie was in production to, to beat another movie that was about a virus in production. So I think I'm pretty sure this was Warner Brothers Studios that was producing this one. And... Um, they were trying to to race against the clock against another studio that had a virus movie coming out, and that virus movie never actually ended up coming out. Some it was called like a crisis of something, um, and so not only was this movie, uh, I in my opinion, it's they spent too much money on this movie for what they got out of it. I think it looks like this looks looks like practical effects of miniatures being exploded and stuff like that. It just doesn't look that good. Um, the cinematography is not great and the writing's just, you know, not there. Um, so it's funny that they, they pushed this out. They were trying to make sure that this, uh, movie <laughs> is, uh, sorry, they wanted to make sure that this movie was pushed out, um, to meet the same time as that other movie that never ended up coming out. And then this movie ended up kind of flopping as well. So it's kind of funny how that happens. Uh, let's see. Let me see. In the film, it is said that Motaba was more deadly than the Ebola virus. Then when they show a picture of the Motaba virus, the virus shown in the photograph is a strain of Ebola. <laughs> that sounds about right. It's just a stupid stupid ass movie um let me see donald sutherland is just sheeting all over his second hand man i don't remember who the second hand man is but he is uh, he doesn't have many lines i think is uh colonial colonel briggs uh played by dale die like just a weird, just a weird ass side plot. They just wanted to have that guy have this come up and set the end, so they just have Donald Sutherland being an asshole to him the entire time. And there's this weird dynamic at the very end. I, I'll say the dynamic between Donald Sutherland and Morgan Freeman. I thought Morgan Freeman was underneath Sutherland, and then when Freeman's like, "You're dismissed, Sutherland. I am overruling you," or something like that. Uh, you know, by the, in the name of the government. And it's like, can you do that? Like, uh, if you're, if if he's your superior, are you allowed to do that? Am I, am I lost in, uh, they're both generals, and I, I just never thought that Morgan Freeman's character was <laughs> superior to him. I don't know. Um, let's see. Uh, the monkeys in this movie, pretty damn good actors, I'll, I'll admit. <laughs> um... This movie just has some terrible action in it, like when they're doing all the evasive maneuvers in the, the helicopter. It just looks totally fake, just just ass. Um, the Wife Lives 
And who cares about Kevin Spacey? So the Kevin Spacey ends up uh, ripping his, uh, I don't know, his uh, jacket off on accident when he's leaving the testing zone, and he gets infected, and then he's moving around, and he when he's getting stuck with needles and tested, and one of the needles goes into Dustin Renee Russo, and uh, Robbie is her name. And she sticks herself with the same needle that went into Kevin Spacey, so she's got it. It's like, oh fuck! It's like dumb motherfuckers. And so for the longest, for for a second, I thought that they were gonna kill Robbie. I was like, oh damn! I guess they're not gonna, you know, patch up the divorce. But what do you know? They come through with the E one zero eleven or whatever the fuck the uh, the cure was called, and it almost immediately cures her. And uh, everyone else is pricked with it too, so it's just like, oh my gosh. Um, sorry, I think that was the the chair that made that noise. Um, let me see. This uh, this movie compares viruses to the struggles of marriage. This was in my notes. <laughs> um, and she's ready to marry him again because she has dealt with it before. Um. Yeah, I was not pleased by the way this movie handled its uh, its topics. It clearly didn't give a shit about the the virus, nor how. I I just feel like the scientific aspects of this movie are such surface level ninth grade science that they never went into detail about like how it spread, how to prevent it, the the vaccines, everything's very surface level. And so, um, going into this movie, I wanted to watch a movie about uh, uh, how scientists and maybe the military were going to deal with something as extraordinary and su- such difficult tasks to deal with, such as uh, the virus they have in this movie. But the the problem is they don't have any solutions in this movie. It's just all of them running around like with uh, their heads on fire. Like it's them just saying, we got to do this. We got to do this. We got to quarantine this. We got to do this. And it's like, okay, so a lot of that does make sense. But I don't feel like from a scale perspective that we saw them do much more than, okay, they're going over here, testing some of that, okay, so they traveled to the African village where it happened originally, okay, so now, uh, you know, this is happening, and I feel like the pacing and the, the rush of it, just none of it fit, this movie gets a 5 out of 10 for me, personally, um, that monkeys were better actors than the majority of the supporting cast when it came to what the material they were given with. Like, I just felt like the writing in this was so horrendous. I could not believe that it it came from the same writer as uh, Armageddon. And so, um, yeah, it, it just feels very hollow. And honestly, this film has all of the outer shell outer shell of what a good movie could be and i think with a slightly you know a much better script and a slightly better director we could have had something 
worth talking about. But uh, let me know what you thought about Outbreak. Are you one of the people that were like, what are you talking about, man? This was an instant classic. This was this was Outbreak 95, man. Everybody went all on that. It's like, all right, well, then let me know. Let me know how this movie connected with you in a way that you know I can understand. Um, because I... I was fighting to stay awake through this movie, and I I, I was awake, at, and uh, it was in the middle of the afternoon, so I was like, oh my gosh, this is just a really dull movie, and I just was, I, I'm done with this, I'm, you know, but anyways, thank you for listening, watching Lucky Dog Podcast, the 1995 Outbreak movie review. Let me know what you thought about the podcast, let me know what you thought about the movie, check out all our social medias at... Uh, at Lucky Dog Podcast, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Discord, all of the popular uh, social medias to hang out with us are all in the description. If you want to support, paypal.me slash the Lucky Dog Podcast to support. Um, email the Lucky Dog Podcast at gmail.com for comments, questions, concerns. I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Check out YouTube for all the podcasts and movie reviews before they drop on Tuesdays on SoundCloud. Um, You'll get all of the... Just subscribe there and you'll get all of the um, videos and movie reviews and lucky dog goodness early. Thank you and stay sanitized, stay clean, stay fresh, and take it easy. Residents of San Diego, residents of Atlanta, Denver.